Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi. So today uh, we have somebody that I'm interested to speak to because uh, they're doing something which I think makes sense and Obviously, with this podcast, we've been speaking to people all over the world. So lockdown hasn't really been necessarily a problem. So first of all, who do I have the pleasure of speaking to today? It's Rose Barrett here. Yes. And so you are, did you found uh, Grow Remote? I mean, basically tell us about what it is you do and why you helped create it. Absolutely, Simon. Thanks. So I um, I got told I was one of the co-founders. So Tracy Hill is the person. She's the, the brains and the, and the passion and fire behind Grow Remote. Um, I knew Tracy through volunteering stuff um, in the community for the last couple of years. We had been doing some startup weekend stuff together in around Galway in the West Coast. And she she picked up the phone to me and a bunch of other people two years ago and said, we are not doing anything for remote workers in Ireland. We need to do something. There's huge potential here. And the drive behind all of it was, was to see our communities do better. So one of the things for Tracy was like traveling around in her day job and seeing the decline of, you know, rural communities and main streets and small towns and what could be done around that. And it just really seemed to make sense to her. And when she pulled a bunch of us together into a WhatsApp group, you know, just the sense that we had was that we just need to get the information out there. It was like uh, the CSO at the time was telling us we had a quarter of a million remote workers in Ireland, which we now know that data wasn't quite that clear. Like they were counting fishermen and farmers in that. Not that they aren't remote working, but, you know, it's a it, it's a different kind of a cohort. And we initially thought, let's have an event. Let's bring people together. And just again, the sense was that if we introduce all these people to each other, Isolation is the biggest issue for remote workers themselves. And then once they're less isolated and more involved in the communities, we could step back and they'll share all that amazing information about the jobs that are available. And how do you get remote working and how do you do the career progression piece and on and on. And of course, as you learn, when you get into something that's this, you know, kind of complicated and nuanced, it's never that straightforward. So uh, flash forward two years later, we now have a social enterprise. So we incorporated as a nonprofit last year and chapters were one of the things that came out of that that uh, event that happened in Tralee in 2018. So people were saying to us, gosh, we'd love to do this in our local communities. You know, um, tell us what you've done. And then again, bright ideas and a, a lot of smart people around the table. The idea of chapters came up and it was putting everything we could learn into a box. And then one of the guys, Sean Brady, who's running the chapter in Limerick, came up with the idea of us having that hosted on ChangeX. So it's up there as a community project. If anybody is interested in starting a chapter, you can do that. And then we just spent 2019 trying to see if we could build a sustainable um, organization. So that was a lot about getting funding to keep us up and running while we figured out what we need to do. And then come into early this year, you know, it was like looking out into, we had just secured government funding through the RADF fund. That was to cover three roles over the next three years. And it was kind of getting a sense of where we should be putting our time and our focus. And we knew, you know, chapters and again, engagement to community and community education was a huge part of that. And then there was stuff coming through, like, you know, helping companies to find out what best practice was. And Tracy had been working with the Leash Offaly TV about a training course that was soft launch in February. And it was kind of wasn't much of an uptake. And then boom, COVID hit. And that was just a whole other ballgame. Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, and and, and that is a, a question that comes to mind is, um, did the lockdown of 2020 help 
to validate the kind of things that you guys were advocating uh like like how did the two things interplay for you guys so um i suppose just, just from a very human perspective when when everything hit initially um you know us as individuals like my thinking was oh no people are going to think this is what remote working is um and it was it was interesting because that seems to be a lot of people who are advocating for remote work globally. That was their their first thinking was we don't want people to think that what's happening this year is remote working. So terms like suddenly remote started to be used or remote working in a crisis and um, to really help people understand that, like, you know, OK, when we come the other side of this, whatever the other side of this is, but that. um you know, we, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, you might have had a bad experience. Your company mightn't have been set up well for remote working. It's a struggle because normally, you know, as a remote worker, you have all your other support networks in place. So even though you might not no longer need to commute, you would have had meeting your friends for coffee, being involved in local community stuff. And all of that was removed from us. Then on the other side, it sped things up. So even that training course, I think, is an amazing example so where they, the LOETB were trying to get uptake and it was lower than they had hoped to be in February. And when it was relaunched again, end of March, start of April, there was a waiting list. So we had 101 people complete that training over the summer during the pandemic. And we've we've done a, a rehash on that, a redesign of the course, and it's up and running again. And, um, and just and, just just so to explain. So so what was the training in? What were you helping people to learn about? This is the skill of remote working. Now, there's two training courses going on. There's one for people who would be employed as a remote worker. And then there's one for people who are leading remote teams. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, really, really fast moving from a lot of different stakeholders, uh, IDA, Solace and, and Lee Shoffley ETB. And of course, then, you know, the support we've gotten from Enterprise Ireland meant that we were actually able to do something about this. Um, the, the training course, um, so it's Remote Work Ready is the name of the course. And it's it's specifically for people who are receiving a payment. Um, so it's for job seekers. And it, now during the summer, again, the government, you know, really, really tried their best to make sure that people were supported where they could be. So they threw it open to whoever wanted to do it. It is kind of gone back to the more traditional. You need to be receiving a payment to do it now. Um, but anybody that is can apply for that. And it's currently online eight weeks and it covers all of the stuff like how do you do virtual communication? What are you looking to have to communicate with a manager and the need for self-awareness, time management? Um, also, like, how do you showcase those skills when you come to applying for a job and you're supported through that? And then we're bringing in people from industry to speak. So you're getting to speak to people that are already working in those companies. You get to find out about their career paths and then what people should be looking out for when they're applying for work. So it's, I suppose that some of the stuff that we talk about, Simon, would be making remote work visible. So I think that, you know, there's different levels of that. Like we're sharing the actual jobs themselves on our jobs board. Um, we're bringing in people from the companies. But I think that there's magic happens when people speak directly with another human that's already doing that work, that they can actually see themselves in that role. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, and, and you were kind of discussing about almost managing expectations that uh, in terms of the the negative aspect, but, but equally, uh, this may be anecdotally, but we've seen a lot of people who've actually enjoyed valued and appreciated uh, remote working and and, and it, it's it's often becoming an expectation come 2021 and post pandemic that that the ability 
to rem to work remotely some of the time is going to probably become an increasing element of job negotiations. So, so is that a fair observation, or or do you think that's just some people who feel like that? No, very much so. And the the interesting one for us was there was people who are already in, in pretty good situations. And I mean, so there's companies who had a remote working policy in place or maybe one that just maybe needed to be kind of firmed up a bit. And then there mm -hmm. were so many others who, who didn't. I think the last figure I'd seen was something like 22% of firms in Ireland had one in 2019. And that's up over 70% now in, in 2020. Um, and we'd expect to see that growing. But um, there was people, there was, there, was, there was a cohort of people there who you know were already fairly well set up had the management structure team structure culture culture being huge in all of this in place that they could comfortably go on remote working and you know we all dealt it was a, it was a tough year for everybody no matter what situation you were in but then there was a group of people who maybe their companies hadn't the this the, the, the systems and processes and i think the process is more so because people get very i think tied up on tools and tools are amazing i would spend weeks just researching and, and trying out new tools but the processes are way more important um, and you know the how and the why and back to the culture of a thing is i think way more critical on whether something works or not or is difficult or not and where people had found it a big struggle changing communication style so uh, two terms I came across in my in my uh, journey with with Grow Remote that I had to go and look up was synchronous and asynchronous. So synchronous okay. being you and I are speaking in real time and asynchronous being not in real time. So you send somebody an email, you send somebody a voice clip, you're using a platform maybe like Slack and mm -hmm. people having to change those habits that they had at work where they would have just walked over to a desk or they would have just picked up the phone. And it it is, I, I know myself, I've learned it the hard way through my own work is it does take a little bit of time to change that habit of, you know, deferring to asynchronous, deferring to sending a message via Slack or something like that or whatever project management tool you're using. Um, but once you get over that initial tough period, it just makes you a huge difference. There's a lot more time pulled back. People are communicating more deliberately within their work. And that's something that we've heard a huge amount this year where people were finding it super tough March, April, um, maybe even a little bit into May. And then they started to kind of hit their stride within work and teams just started to do better. Now, still with some struggles. We're not saying everything was rosy, but they we, we started chatting them in August and they were saying, gosh, I, I'm totally feeling it now. I understand what people were talking about. And that's been really, really interesting. So I do. Okay. I, I absolutely agree with you, Simon, on that. Look, I mean, and personally, uh, I love asynchronous because um, people, other people will feel that things are urgent when they're not and and, <laughs> and and people endlessly want to phone us when really we have a template to help them and and we just need them to articulate in text what they need and we can tell them how we can help them but a lot of people were still quite addicted initially to let's meet up for coffee and then oh well if you can't meet for coffee can i just phone you for 20 minutes whereas with asynchronous yeah. uh and and and, and it's almost like we've had to manage other people to make them understand that we do want to help them, but we want to help them in a time efficient way for us. And so, so uh, look, I mean, yeah, I hear you that maybe other people are coming to terms with that, but I think asynchronous is fantastic. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It, it, like it suits me down to the ground because I'm an introvert and okay. it just helped. It helped me. And by the way, I think people really misunderstand introvert and extrovert. It's not, it's not to do with how social you are. It's how your brain processes information. Mm, it gives yeah. me the time to process yep. information in my own time. But you're so right. It's so much about expectation setting 
And it's also about the one one of the things I, again, have found really, really interesting because it's been a huge education. Like people come to me and they're like, oh, you know all about this. I know about it because I've had to learn it. Um, and it's been helpful for us to know this stuff within Grow Remote. And we're learning it through other people's experience. But the, the need for self-awareness within remote working is huge. And that's one of the big key skills that we talk to in participants around the training courses is you know, getting to a better level of self-awareness that, you know, I'm having a tough day today or like that when somebody wants to send, you know, pick up the phone to Simon, they go, wait a second, this is to suit me. It's not to, you know, get the best out of this interaction. I'll stop for a minute and I'll I'll put together an email as opposed to just picking up the phone. Yeah. Look, um, uh, prior to lockdown, there was the announcement of 27 GTEx, which are like rural digital hubs. And we we visited one in Spiddle. Uh, we know that others are being built. Uh, I think there's one on Aranmore and Cape Clear is finishing theirs. Um, what are your thoughts on GTEx? And, and does Gromo have any particular strategy or policies around islands? Sorry, around islands, did you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I, we don't, Simon, but we do have to have really, really strong connections with Aranmore and with Valencia Island. And that's mostly because of the local communities, because how they've gotten involved with us. That's made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so apart from that, like um, we haven't had anything specific to the islands, but it's just, you know, communities are communities. So we support them where we can through the chapters. Um and, and more so we've been learning from them than anything else uh, because they have such, I suppose they have such unique challenges and the guys in Armour have been have been so generous with their experience to share to us and then we get to share that back out again to other communities. So yeah. I, su- I suppose mostly it's keep, keeping in communication. Um, a lot of it, like down to meeting with people locally, Tracy's been up to Armour a good few times. I haven't made it yet myself and I can't wait to get up there. And talking to a young guy who was working who who was looking at needing to go to the UK and but didn't want to wanted to stay on the island had been had been studying in Galway just was like loved the island and it was down to taking actions where Tracy reached out to her network and got him eight interviews in the space of two weeks with two job offers and I, again for me it shows like the power of what's happening locally that need for local connection because we, we we would say like okay there's going to be more irish firms now unlocking jobs and making them remote because of what what's happened this year and that's mm-hmm. sped up hugely but there's still companies like automatic buffer gitlab amazing remote employers that if we're not the ones telling and when i say we i mean the wider grow remote community or people just generally within their own communities if we're not the ones telling people who gitlab is they may never hear about that company and they may not get the chance to land the job of their life yeah oh yeah look i mean this is the thing i mean uh it, it like those companies you mentioned and others there are some that have been remotely distributed for for several years if not getting on for a decade so um, yeah. you know like in the us east coast west coast you know therefore should reduce to it being trivial whether you're in dublin not in dublin or in a rural area so uh, you know i think the precedents are there um with you guys like uh looking forward into 2021 and beyond uh if things go well for, for Grow Remote, uh, what what would good look like? What are your plans or what do you hope to do? Amazing question, Simon. <laughs> We've okay. just been working on our, our strategy. So we um, we were lucky enough to win some uh, money in a, in, a, in funding through Rethink Ireland um, in late summer. And part of that, we got uh, to work with this amazing strategic consultant. So um, he, he's, he's drawn out our theory of change. Theory of change is a framework that uh, a lot of charities and nonprofits will use to, to look to see how you're going to work towards your impact. 
And there's kind of the two main sides of what we're about. There's increasing the supply end of things. So that's helping remote, uh, helping companies to go remote, do it well, get best practice in place. So um, it, it's having a large proportion of Irish firms tied into that connected sharing information. And then on the demand side, it's that our workforce are, are engaged that they know how to go and find these jobs. And when they do get the job or they're already in a position that they have the skill set to be actually well able to do it. What does success look like for us? Um, chapters, again, being a huge thing. So I would love to see us having hundreds of chapters across the country that are active and sharing information that whenever somebody goes to find a remote job, it is just far easier than maybe it might be right now. And a lot of the jobs boards have done great work indeed has been really good on how they've improved their processes, but there's work needs to be done with other platforms. Um, that when we talk about companies like GitLab and Automatic, that people are like, oh yeah, I know somebody who works for them, or you know, I'm thinking about applying to them. Um, and and just generally that when we say to people about remote working, that it's, uh, for some people it won't be their thing that's absolutely fine i'm not i'm not expecting everybody to do that but that it would be for those that want to do it they just know it's possible and how they they go about doing it or at least where they reach out to where's their next steps for that as far as a career career pro- progress goes and we are looking at training hundreds of people under the remote work ready course and the leading remote teams course next year um apart from that I would like to see the, the conversation around remote change somewhat. I am driven slightly potty by seeing only images of people in pajamas working from home. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying I never work in my pajamas. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> but I I do wear I do wear sweatpants and stuff. Um, but it, you know, I dress I dress kind of like sort of formal casual. Um, it, it's just that people you know view it differently because we are still hearing like and they're really really fun anecdotes but people like we had uh, Mick Mahadi from Buffer speak to us last week and Mick was saying his mother was like sure that's a scam and another lady as well that works with Shopify and Goy the exact same thing her mother was like that can't be right they sent you a computer and you work from home and just that people know that it's possible or if you were to turn around to kids in a school and say where where could you work if you if you say you want to stay here or you want to move somewhere else in Ireland who are the companies you could work for? And they would just know without a, a, a second thought that it could be any of the already existing remote companies or all of the amazing firms that are based in Ireland that are going remote as well. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I guess the flip of that was I used to have a job where I had to commute four hours every day to Athlone from Dublin simply because one of the three criteria was how long I spent there. Whereas you'd imagine the other two criteria, the, the quality of your work and the timeliness of your work, should be the key factors so i, I know what you mean yes. culturally some people are us are, are more ready to embrace that than others but you know um you know as long as like for every call that doesn't involve a video it should be irrelevant what they're in as long as they're in something maybe warm and sensible you know <laughs> oh yeah absolutely oh gosh i'm not i'm not a big fashion person so uh uh yeah it's that's not that's not a big one for me at all um yeah that that's just very much a pet peeve i i um I, anyone out there, I'm, I'm doing a reach out to any of the journalists. If uh, if you're willing to have a conversation around that, um, I would love to be able to find a way of supplying better imagery around remote working, <laughs> so that we, it's just it's just viewed differently. And sorry, Simon, I should say by the way, ultimately for us, what success looks like is vibrant, sustainable communities. Like that's why we're doing yeah. what we're doing. 
Yeah. And it's, like a, it's that when people are living locally, they have the time to volunteer and go and get their local their coffee and go for a walk in the woods and all the things they want to do. Yeah, look, I mean, and that's why I think I asked you about the islands, because the traditional narrative is the jobs are in fishing and farming. Whereas mm. the, rea the reality is, if you can facilitate data center managers and, you know, I know someone that, that is the, the German agent for Chinese products in Europe and they live on an Irish island because their location is irrelevant. And, and those are the jobs that will bring sustainability to declining island populations, not fishing and farming, you know. So absolutely. And and then allowing within that community the people that do want to continue to fish and farm because it's it's a oh, vibrant yeah. <laughs> community. So that, that still gets to happen. Um oh absolutely, totally. And like the interesting one for us, I think it, this year will have changed that somewhat, but before like coming up into early this year, a lot of the people that we were meeting that were living um around Ireland with remote jobs had maybe either located there from elsewhere or relocated. And they were following a lifestyle piece. So the surfers, the hikers, mm -hmm. Tracy's chatting to a chap who was actively looking for a community with a really good tennis club because his daughter had gotten into tennis. These are the kind of pe things that pieces that people are really interested in. Like I moved up to Mayo here last year because it's I'm in Ballina and it was I, I I'm from Galway. I didn't want to be too far away because family there. But there were certain pieces I was after and Ballina won out so easily because the forest here, I go kayaking and there's just a lovely sense of community here and there's some really good coffee. Look, uh, OK, so so I have two and a half questions left, but one of them was going to be the kayaking because uh, so so we're in Roaring Water Bay and we have islands. And, you know, I oh. think kayaking is a great way like you've got you don't really have a signal. You could if you really wanted, but the whole point is not to have a signal. <laughs> Uh, so, 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 tell us about why you like kayaking and how it helps you. And are you on sea or rivers or what kind of kayaking are you doing? So, I'm still pretty much a noob um, because I haven't given it any serious time over the last few years. I started when I was I, I did a bit of windsurfing when I was in in University of Limerick, um, and I was never particularly good at it, but I just love the water. I just love splashing around, and like you say, it's just getting out there and you know it's getting away from stuff and you have to be in the moment so that's the joy of it so i've all these different water sports uh diving is another one i plan on going back to um at some stage they have a really good diving club here as well but with kayaking it's river um i've done a little bit of sea i would love to do more sea kayaking um i started in castle connell in limerick and then i was actually doing out with the any kayakers in ballymahan in the midlands for a while as well got to go to the alps scared the bejesus out of me um, I just did some of the kind of the gentler stuff there. But um, here I haven't gotten involved in the club quite yet. I've just been pottering out with some friends um, just around the estuary. And it's I love nature. So getting out into nature and just, again, living in the moment, being around water has been amazing. And then I started sea swimming this summer as well, because, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. So why wouldn't I? Yeah, look, I mean, and I, I think I mean, I think the Wild Atlantic Way was a fantastic way to retell something that's been here but but presented as a understandable road trip concept and and i think that's half of the the story that then you know people do want to come to ireland because if you've got the connectivity and you've got the the kayaking and the water sports then then it puts it all together and you have a great quality of life so i think it makes sense um so what are your sources of information and inspiration? How do you guys remain in, informed and up to date with working out what 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 good remote good remote working is like? 
A lot of it's to do with our community activity. So whether it's engaging with the chapters, um, you know, running our meetups with them, learning from each other, because that's one of the things, you know, it, it makes so much sense. If you can like click into the hive mind and figure out what everybody else is doing, you'll see mm -hmm. patterns emerging, but also you get some really neat ideas, like stuff like our um, our town tasters initiative came out of Dingle. And, and that's just been shared across the community now. Also running the talks, um, AMAs, we have a coffee meetup every Tuesday at three o'clock, all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, I hosted with the AMA with Mick last week from Buffer. And while I'm there, engage, you know, like helping other people to learn about his story, I'm learning about it at the same time. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's been huge. Um, Tracy then and John will be doing a huge amount of work with meeting with um, companies, engaging with them on their best practices. So that, you know, that's getting shared back in, um, creating as much resources as possible. So um, I built out a mini course on how to apply for a remote job. And while I was doing that, like I was learning about that process. So now I have I'm in a better position to be able to advise people um, just constantly learning from others. Simon, you know, um, like there's only so much that we can know. But I suppose while we're in the middle of having conversations and sharing information and often it's it's dot joining, it's somebody else has done something really solid to find out, you know, whether it's research or it's it's experience. And as we share that to others, we're, we're, we're learning uh, along the way. I suppose that being able to focus as well makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, there's so many people doing interesting things that are willing to share what they've done, mm. that, you know. It, it, it's it's a great resource um it's been really interesting to talk to you how can people learn more about your work and what you do so grow remote um we have our website growremote.ie uh, we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on facebook um linkedin then we have the chapters which is on change x but if you come to growremote.ie you'll see links for say the training course if anybody's interesting and find interested and find out more about that the chapters and the Jobs Club is another big initiative that we're working on. And if you are interested in having chats with me about stuff to do with remote working, I my, my one of my um, major addictions in life is Twitter. I try to not spend too much time on it, but it's just I was reared in a pub and it's kind of like replaced that pub banter for me. So I'm at Remote Rose on uh, on Twitter. Um, and we have our, as I said, we have our coffee meetup every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Irish time. And everybody's welcome just to stick their head in and, and say hi if you're looking for a few people to talk to about remote things. Uh, awesome. We'll include all those links. So thanks very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Simon, thanks a million. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.